people, we are all the way up and you know what it is. It's another Wednesday with your boys on The Faction. And that's right, I'm not by myself. I have the valedictorian, the father of Jackson and Jordan, Mr. GB. What's happening, fam? What's going on, good people? Good people. Good Wednesday. Can you believe? Good people. Listen, can you believe we're in the month of November? Like, this year is nearly over. We are in the month of November. We just finished Halloween Havoc season. Oh, yes. Oh, and yes. so we're heading on the road to Starcade. The road to Starcade, the road to Survivor Series, now the road to full gear. Like, it's just a full situation. Listen, as a full wrestling fan from growing up when I was a kid, you identify the seasons of the year with pay-per-views. Absolutely. Summer is so always about SummerSlam. It's always a great American bash for my people. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, that's right. A matter of fact, the bash was first. It was yeah. great American bash season, then SummerSlam. Um, Christmas, well, Thanksgiving, of course, was Starcade and then Survivor Series. Uh, then Starcade got moved kind of to Christmas time. The top of the year was Royal Rumble. And then we moved into the uh, spring, which was WrestleMania season. Of course. And so for a wrestling fan, again, our year starts at Wrestle the Monday after WrestleMania. It's kind of when our year starts. We're on a different calendar mm -hmm. than most of you guys. And true. that's that. Now, GB, yes. I'm on the road. Yes. I'm in Huntsville. Yes. I'm in Huntsville. That's uh, Bobby Eaton country. Bobby Eaton. And guess what? My hotel actually faces the VBC arena for Huntsville, where there have been so many Raws wow. uh, at, this, at this Huntsville arena. So just riding by there, I just really felt all of the nostalgia. I, yeah. You know, I couldn't think of what Bobby Eaton was great at, one of his good moves, because God knows well, he didn't he have had, a beautiful drop Well, kick. he had a great leg drop off the top rope. And he he actually a, did. He did. He had a great, and of course, we know him as half of the uh, infamous Midnight Express, uh, multi-time tag team champion, multi-time U.S. tag team champion, and multi-time television champion for WCW. Yeah, you know what? People don't really give him credit. He was a darn good TV champion. He was. He was. But but, he, but he, his real thing was being able to partner with anyone and really create. Many people still talk about on my Facebook chat for WCW NWA Mid-Atlantic, his time when he tagged briefly with Arn Anderson. I was going to say, two of the best tag team wrestlers in the world working together is pretty amazing. Man, exactly. So it's so funny because they both had to figure out which one was going to be the lead guy because in all their roles, they were the lead guy. So Arn had a chance to be the cleanup guy, which is great because he was older. Absolutely. It's super, super good stuff. So I know you say you're on the road. How's this week been? I know you've been a traveling somebody. This week has been crazy. I started out in Jerry Lawlerville in Memphis with one Brandon J. Clack. Oh, yes. And then I actually made my way here to Huntsville, the home of the very first ever total nonstop action wrestling card. That's right. It was a pay-per-view. That's right. I yes. That. It had in-ring cameos by Toby Keith and Sterling Marlin. Mm -hmm. So the very first TNA card was actually here in Huntsville. So I'm here until tomorrow. I head back to San Antonio, and I'm there for about a week, and I'm back on the road. You know, the irony of the TNA piece was that their first card was as part of the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. And uh, yep. now to see TNA slash Impact and the NWA both standing on their own two feet, uh, providing some pretty amazing television moments, is a pretty intriguing moment in and of itself. So shout out to TNA and the NWA. Now, GB, you're getting ready to head down to the place of Luchadora. Oh, yes. Wrestling. 
And where are you heading to tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow I'll be in Cancun uh, for, for a wedding for some good friends. But uh, if you've never been to Mexico, you must know that Lucha Libre is legit huge. Like wherever you see a space there, you'll see masks for your favorite luchadors. So uh, pretty excited to be there for a couple of days. It should be a whole lot of fun. Wow. Well, I listen, I'm excited about this whole thing. And even today, GB, we have ourselves a darn good show. We really, really do. If you guys have been missing our previous content, you got to get up on it. I'm telling you, these quick hits, you guys are hitting us up and really enjoying what you're getting there. You know, we can't talk about everything on this weekly show. So we hit you (laughs) with the quick hits to keep you connected with all that's happening on the news. So the best thing for you to do is follow us on social media at The Faction Show and subscribe to our podcast. Look for The Faction or you can type in The Faction Bonnerfied. You'll find us on all of the places where you get your podcasts and i promise you you'll enjoy the stuff that you're hearing so brand new episode and lots to talk about today courtney talk about what's up for today's show welcome to episode 189 of the facts and right here on bonafide radio we're kicking things off with wrestle kingdom 14 news also what's happening with new japan and what's with the fallout from crown jewel we'll bring you up on the nxt invasion raw smackdown aew Full gear predictions will be in high gear today. But before we do, hey, my godson is Jackson, and this is what he's saying. Let me in. It's the Fiends theme song by Code Orange. You're listening to the facts on Bonafide Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be. This is Caprice Coleman, and you're listening to the faction on Bonafide Radio. That's right, the mount, the style, the grace, the shape, and the face. Support Bonafide Radio, the faction. Keep it on, baby.
Welcome back to The Faction. That was The Fiends. Let me in. The newly crowned The Fiends. Let me in. GB, give us the news. You know, it's funny that you say that because there's so much news here in the world of pro wrestling. And really, this big week started last Thursday with the latest iteration of the uh, relationship between the WWE and Saudi Arabia in the pay-per-view crown jewel. And in most scenarios, we kind of look away at this because not just is it not, you know, the most American thing in the world, but usually these pay-per-views don't deliver uh, anything of great substance until Thursday. Well, we had a couple uh, of major significant moments, one of them being the first ever women's match in Saudi Arabian history between Lacey Evans and Natalia. We're going to talk about that in a second. But the other big piece of news coming out of here is, of course, a new universal champion, that being Bray Wyatt the Fiend, as he defeated Seth Rollins in a Falls Count Anywhere match that literally went any and everywhere. Um, That match and its results earned Brandon Clack a successful title defense of the Faction Championship. So, yes, Clack is still the Faction Champion, thanks to Bray Wyatt. Um, And I won't fully get into that with Courtney. Um, No, no, no. He he, he told me yesterday Mm -hmm. that he had a desire to forfeit the title. Did he? He said, man, listen. Yeah, he said, said, listen, man, I won't be on the show. Tell GB. I want to go ahead and forfeit. So, I, you know, I, I asked him to do a written statement. He didn't want to do a written statement. Mm-hmm. So he just told me to tell you guys. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, I want to forfeit the title. Uh, and this is what he told me, GB. He said he cheated. <laughs> did he, he told me he used prayer. He did. He said he did. <laughs> he said he used prayer to figure out the answers. Oh, and, you know, boy. as much as we all love prayer. So it, it's oh. official, guys. We'll make an official statement oh on our IG. <laughs> this guy. Brandon Clatt <laughs> caught using prayer steroids. <laughs> prayer steroids. He's been juicing. He's been juicing with steroids. Yeah, Brandon's been juicing with steroids. Juicing with steroids. Well, we'll have to wait for a statement from him. Something tells me he's not going to relinquish the championship anytime soon. But I no, do don't, wanna... don't ask him about it. Oh, don't. Oh, okay. Just just kind of roll with it. Um, well, I want to <laughs> get your thoughts uh, because as big of a news as that was. Well, yeah. Let's let's get your thoughts on those things first, and then we'll talk about some of the other fallout because there's been quite a bit of fallout coming from uh, uh, Crown Jew. What do you think of the pay per view itself and uh, those particular big moments? I wrote, I wrote in our group chat that Crown Jewel was a glorified SmackDown show. You did? Uh, and, and I wrote that because, you know, some of the things ended as we thought they would end. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, we, we certainly knew that Cain Velasquez wasn't going to beat Brock Lesnar. But oh. my God, two minutes and ten seconds? Yeah. I, I actually didn't have a huge problem with that. My only problem with it was that they hyped it so much. 
Like here's my tension, guys. If you go back and watch footage, uh, Brock Lesnar was a darn good uh, wrestler. Yeah, he had moves. Absolutely. And so now, besides watching him have some fear, man, it was it in two minutes and, and ten seconds. Yeah. They might as well just videoed it. Yeah. Yeah, I, that to me that was a, a waste of several plane tickets and uh, uh, hotel accommodations, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Very, very much so. Yeah. Um, the nine nine team tag team turmoil match. Really, I saw them really trying to overthrow AEW's momentum, but they couldn't. Okay. So I thought it was uh, decent. Uh, uh, Montour defeating Cesaro. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Tyson Fury defeated Braun Strowman. We all saw that coming, but it definitely was no Big Show and Floyd Money Mayweather. No, it wasn't. Uh, we definitely saw more uh, attempted wrestling from Tyson Fury, for sure. Yes. Uh, AJ Styles defeated Humberto Carrillo. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that coming. Natalia defeating Lacey Evans via submission. I don't care what anybody says. I think Natalia is one of the greatest rest- female wrestlers of all time who just has not had enough title runs. I agree. That lady can flat out wrestle, man. She can. And I have to say this. This was the best showing of Lacey Evans in her career, if you ask me. Thank you, Natalia. Yeah, thank you. I thank agree. you, Natalia. I agree. I agree. Uh, Team Hogan beating Team Flair. I think we all saw that coming. But I'll be honest with you. I thought they would find a way to screw the Fiend. I thought they would find a way to screw the Fiend. Yeah, you know, I was trying to figure out how they would do it. I didn't think I didn't think that they would allow, even though The Fiend should have won this even at Hell in a Cell, um, I think there's a degree of irony about The Fiend winning on Halloween. And if you listen in the background, is my godson Jackson. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel about it. Because here's the reason why. I don't know if, if and maybe it's because I'm generational on this and you guys help me with this. I may be a little too generational to recognize a title change happening in Saudi Arabia. It just feels illegitimate to me. It feels so illegitimate. And and so I feel like Bray should have really won it on American soil. Well, let me say this. I feel like if there's always, uh, if there's never a title change across seas, then it's kind of hard to call it worldwide. Think about the NWA championship and all the times it changed outside of the United States. I remember it, you know, when uh, Ric Flair beat Kerry Von Erich back in Tokyo, <laughs> Japan. You know, like there were all of these different spaces to be able to win the championship. I think winning it in Saudi Arabia now means for Saudi. I mean, think about this. That means they've never seen a title change before. So they've never seen. They've also big, never seen women wrestle before. It was a big weekend. For them. It was a big time for them. It was a very, very big time for them. So on the heels of that comes the announcement of. Well, first of all, before we get to the announcement, there were travel issues that happened with the WWE. Oh Lord! Which there's still. I mean, here we are a week later, and there's still fallout from it. Um, you saw a number of the wrestlers who were tweeting, and they were upset because you know they just wanted to get home. They were stranded. Obviously, many of them didn't make it to SmackDown. It took quite some time for them to make it back to the States. And um, meanwhile, the WWE is holding fast to the line that, hey, it was just mechanical issues and and so on and so forth, um, which just seems a little odd to me. Um, But there's one thing that's for certain. It It is confirmed that WWE has now cashed a $60 million check 
from Saudi Arabia. And in turn, they have now um, re-upped the deal and they've added eight more years to the deal. I'm a little confused because I thought the deal was a 10-year deal initially through 2027, but apparently it wasn't. So they've done some new things with this eight-year deal. What do you make of this in light of the talent seemingly being very, very uh, vocal about their travel issues? I don't have an issue with it. I honestly don't have an issue with it. Here's the reason why. I don't have an issue with it because it is these guys' truth. And they're saying, you know, we're already nervous about the American relationship with Saudi Arabia. So we're looking at this as taking a chance. To me, it's very reminiscent of when Dennis Rodman took a team over to, I believe it was uh, North Korea. And he took that team over to North Korea and, you know, they were uncertain of what was going to happen because they're looking at it like if anything happens over here in North Korea, the Americans aren't going to come and get us. Well, that's probably what the wrestlers are thinking with Saudi Arabia. We don't want something to happen with the uh, with uh, inside of the country. Dave Meltzer is reporting that Vince McMahon actually cut the live feed, the crown jewel in the country as a part of their dispute. Yeah, and there's a big argument happening right now between Meltzer and, and Rollins. So I don't know what to believe. I'm going to go with Meltzer on this. I really am. And I, I listen, I know right now. You know, it's so funny. Meltzer used to be the voice of truth, and now we call him an old footy daddy. Yeah, well, you know, we also know that Meltzer has his biases against WWE. So <laughs> I don't know. That's but, why I don't know how much of this would, take. Who would lie about cutting the feed, though? Dave Meltzer. So, like, who, who, from, who from us is over there to confirm it? None of us. Well, well, none of us are really there to confirm it. But I know this. I think it's a bad look that after your people are held hostage, that you go and cash a check. Now I don't. I, we can't confirm that they were held hostage. Let me tell you what I think we is the real bad look. We cannot deny it. The real we cannot bad deny it. The real bad look is the fact that the leader Vince McMahon left before the show was over. Well, not only did he not leave, just Vinny. Oh, not yeah. just Vinny, not old just American Vinny. Hogan, Hogan, Rick, drunken Rick Flair, Brock. Jimmy Hart, Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. all those guys, all left. gone. So I'm not even sure because clearly Triple H stayed here. I'm not. I mean, who was in charge of this thing? I don't know. I don't know. But this, but and this so, is what's concerning to me. It's like you know what kind. Of, and I don't want to go Vince bashing, but a leader is supposed to stay there. You know, until everybody's gone, they're not just supposed to leave and let. Uh, particularly when you go out, you know, you think about it. When we go, when we go to, <laughs> I hate to bring up the church analogy, but you know, if we go to a visiting church, the leader isn't the first one to leave. Uh, yeah, look, tell me about it. I mean, you tell gotta, me about you it. You got to stay there and and greet the people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I don't, I don't know. Personally, I think this is the problem of scheduling this too tight. It made no sense to have Saudi Arabia on Thursday and then try to be back in Buffalo on Friday for SmackDown. It just made no sense. Well, Dave Meltzer also said that WWE is trying to get uh, any Instagram footage of WWE uh, wrestlers saying that it was a mechanical issue so they, they can post it. Natalia did come out and make a statement and say that they made them get off talking talk about it with mechanical issues. But I want to say this, GB. We're hearing mechanical issues now, but we heard the desperation and the voices of some wrestlers when they were tweeting. They were yeah. tweeting like we're being held here. Yeah. So they're, they're listen, I, I, listen. I, we've all we've all been a part of flights that have been late because of mechanical issues, and we weren't tweeting with desperation. 
You know, yeah. We we yes, we wanted to get to where we needed to go, in a but we wanted to get there safely. Exactly. So so maybe we should be talking to Atlas Air, who's actually who was actually running the flight, and you know they're probably going to lie and tell us mechanical issues. I will tell you this: I don't think for one second it was mechanical issues. Well, all I know is this: it's some kind of danger to uh, extend a deal after these kinds of issues. I just think that that's bad. Business. I think that those guys were held hostage until that deal was made. Well, here's what we do now. Uh, this one bad scenario turned into perhaps the best episode of SmackDown ever with an NXT ever. invasion uh, that took place, one that we've dreamed of. We've talked about it here on this show, about doing an NXT invasion. It really happened. And uh, before we even talk about Raw, what did you think of the NXT invasion of SmackDown and how that was carried I thought out? The, I thought the NXT invasion of SmackDown was incredible with Triple H leading the helm. We got everything that we wanted. It rolled out well. The wrestling was great. It was full of surprises. Why? Because the world watches NXT for great quality wrestling. And they got up there. They didn't say, we want to come up to the main roster. They said, like Tyler Perry, we built our own table. That's we it. built our own roster. And now we're coming up here to save your butts. And guess what? They showed up there. They showed up this week. And they have been what's best for business. So now here's the thing that we're dealt with. Triple H clearly was running the show. Now, will we get a crap fest this Friday when somebody else, when Prince was back running the show? Triple H did a phenomenal job and gave the fans clearly not just what the fans want, but what he believes has been best for business for quite some time. So I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, how do you top this? You top this by allowing Triple H to stay at the helm of SmackDown. Friday nights have never been better. I'm in several group chats. I'm in Facebook uh, groups, and I've never seen them come more alive than I did on Friday night for SmackDown. And GB, I know you saw it. I definitely did, and it was amazing to watch. And on top of it being amazing to watch, uh, the rating said so as well, as it was 188% ratings uh, increase from week over week which they didn't even see that type of thing with other folks there. So I think it's no. very clear. And to hear the crowd in a crowd, in a market like Buffalo, which, yeah. you know, they were all Buffalo tried to NXT. add a little Philly to their voice. They really did. It was something special. Yeah, Buffalo tried to, special. They tried to act like they were from the Philadelphia, if you will, and trying to make a whole lot of noise. So shout out Buffalo for really making it come alive. I thought it was great. Now, GB... You and I both know that for us, WrestleMania starts at a certain time. But for other international wrestling fans, it starts like everybody else in January. And right. like no other, in January 5th, 2020, things kick off with New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom 14. It is the end of Jushin Thunder Liger. What a yeah. legend. What yeah. a legend. You know, this Wrestle Kingdom situation is really something special. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break, and we're going to talk all about Wrestle Kingdom. They're doing something that, if it's done right, may become the template for WrestleMania. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. Let's go to some music, and we'll be back with more of the faction right after this. This is a total package Lex Luger, and you are turned into the faction.
And now an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen. Look, everyone. Belle and Ebenezer are in love. No, silly. Haina's in the building. You can now listen to Bonafide Radio, courtesy of our new mobile app. Available for the iPod, iPad, and iPhone. Come on, you can do Find it. out the latest news, check out our podcast, or listen to us live. Listen. Right now on your phone. Why, yeah. Download the app today via the iTunes App Store by searching for Bonafide Radio or at iPhone.bonafideradio.com. I'm living in that 21st century. We got something to say. Listen. Would you like to take your business or service to the next level? Yeah. Consider adding Bonafide Radio to your marketing plan. Can't wait. We will gladly share your product with our listeners in a creative, efficient, affordable, and professional manner. This is so gnarly. For more information, scroll to the bottom of our website and click Advertise. Uh-huh. Or email us directly at sales at getbonafide.com. I know you're going to dig this. This is Tracy Lynn, and I want you to take a journey with me through the jazzy side of Bonafide Radio. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m., tune in to Melodic Grooves right here on GetBonafide.com or via the Bonafide Radio app. Bonafide Radio, radio the way it's supposed to be. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction that was Rebel Hearts by Johnny Gargano and basically CFO GB. Let's get it. All right. So before the break, we started to talk about Wrestle Kingdom 14. So if you're unfamiliar, as Courtney mentioned, for American wrestling fans, the uh, year kind of starts in April, the day after WrestleMania, um, and it carries that way. But internationally, particularly with our brothers and sisters in Japan, it starts at the top of the year uh, with the big Wrestle Kingdom event, as it has done for the previous 13 years. Wrestle Kingdom 14 is going to be historic on a number of levels. And there was a massive press conference that took place earlier this week to give us our first look at some of the upcoming matches and ideas that are going to happen. First things first, Wrestle Kingdom 14 will take place over two days. January the 4th and January the 5th will both be considered Wrestle Kingdom with New Year's Dash happening on January the 6th. That's a monumental move. We've not seen this in pro wrestling where the big event has happened over two days. It perhaps could give some ideas to WrestleMania to move this from a six to seven hour event to two, three to four hour events. So what do you do in a scenario like this? Well, there are a couple of pretty big matches that are going to happen. If you were catching the finals of the... um, Super Junior Tag League, which happened uh, earlier this week, you'll know that Chris Jericho, the current AEW World Champion, has challenged and will take on Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace of New Japan. That's happening on January the 5th, the second day of Wrestle Kingdom. We saw the returning uh, Hiromu Takahashi, who was the former um, New Japan, or excuse me, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. He is returning after about a year off from injury. Uh, to take on Will Ospreay during Wrestle Kingdom. And perhaps the biggest news of all, they've been hinting at this for almost a year, but there's the potential, they're calling this the double gold rush. So here's what's going to happen. On January the 4th, 
Uh, Jay White will defend the Intercontinental Championship against Tetsuya Naito. And uh, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion uh, Kazuchika Okada will defend against the winner of the G1. That, of course, is Kota Ibushi. That's on night one. On night two, the two winners of those matches, meaning the Intercontinental Champion, will battle the IWGP Heavyweight Champion with both belts on the line. So someone's leaving Wrestle Kingdom as for the first time ever as the IWGP Heavyweight Champion and the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. This is big stuff, man. Tell me what you think about this whole concept for <clears throat> Wrestle Kingdom 14. I think it's major. Uh, we have hinted for years at po the possibility of a two-night card yes. for uh, WrestleMania. Uh, of course, that may bleed into the momentum of some of the other things. They normally would do a takeover. Uh, the Monday night has been monster and major, so you can call that a second night junior-esque, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, for me, the thing that I find the most monumental is I'm going to go here is the final match for Juice and Thunder Liger. Yes. And my God, they brought out all the geriatrics for this one. John Murray's going to love it okay. because how in the world they got Tatsumi Fujinami yes. in the ring, a former WCW champion mm -hmm. and I believe the first international WCW and champion. And he is a WWE the, Hall of Famer as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The great Suzuki yes. and Tiger Mask yes. against Naoki Saino. Mm -hmm. Uh Shinhiro Otani mm -hmm. uh, and a few others. I'll mess their names up because I'm not as good as you. Uh, Tatsuhito Takawa mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and Taguchi. I'll say that one. Yes, yes. But, listen, you know I've, I was a huge fan of TNA's Legends Belt. Yes, you were. Because I always felt like guys like a Ricky Steamboat, they couldn't go uh, 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 you know, every week. Right. But they can give us one good match a year. Yeah. Now, now we all know Piper was atrocious, and mm -hmm. we don't even know if Snooker knew where he was right. at that last match. Yeah. But I'm actually a little bit excited about this one right here with a special guest referee because I'm eager to see Tatsumi Fujinami at least get somebody in a grip or something. Yeah. But when you have Kota Ibushi versus Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, and then you have... The, uh, the IWGP Heavyweight Champion and the IWGP Intercontinental Champion, it's going to be a great match. Don't forget Tanahashi versus Chris Jericho. Yeah, it's going to be very special uh, two nights in uh, Tokyo, Japan, Tokyo Dome. What a way to start off 2020. I'm excited about it. And listen, it's less than two months away. So uh, gear up for it. Uh, I can say that uh, New Year's Dash, which is normally held at Corican Hall, has been moved to a larger facility. They are really anticipating large numbers for this. And think about it. They've taken over the Tokyo Dome two days in a row. This is going to be special. You cap that off with what's happening with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. You've got something very, very special happening here uh, to start off 2020 for New Japan. So shout out to them. And it wasn't too long ago that they shook up the world yes. when everybody really came to know who Kenny Omega is. Mm -hmm. That's and right. Kenny Omega changed the landscape of, of what I consider wrestling you know, in that one moment. I was going to say, I did not have a New Japan membership or didn't even know that it was possible until everybody two years ago started talking about Okada versus Omega. And you felt like you were part of the cool kids club 
when you actually watched the match and then watched, oh, yeah. and then you watched the whole pay-per-view. It was amazing. So I think this is going to be something absolutely special for uh, New Japan. Congratulations to them. And I think they're going to be a leader in this. I think Vince McMahon and the WWE will be watching for the level of success for this. One of the big complaints about WrestleMania from the wrestlers and fans alike is that WrestleMania Sunday is too long. The Super Bowl doesn't go seven hours. The World Series doesn't go seven hours. The NBA playoffs and championships don't go seven hours. Seven hours is a long time. And think about this, to put this into perspective. The main event for WrestleMania 35 did not get up until midnight. That's yep. really, That's true. really long. And they Which were out was a in the slap p- in the face to the women. Oh, my gosh. Those women worked so hard and sold everything so much. You try wrestling at midnight. It doesn't work. You know? Literally. It, it doesn't Literally. work. It doesn't work. So, uh, and they had to be up all day. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't yep. get a chance to nap or anything like that. So, I really hope- WrestleMania weekend is a grueling weekend. It is. It's grueling. It is. So, the guys who are headliners, they're not sleeping until Tuesday. Thank God SmackDown moved. Right. 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 But, so, so, so let me say this. I... I in my crystal ball, uh, if I'm running this, it's probably, I mean, WrestleMania tickets, the uh, the travel stuff, the travel packages just went on sale yesterday. Uh, so it's probably way too late for them to try to do a two-day thing. But I wouldn't be surprised in 2021 if they go the two-day route because here are a couple of things that have changed. And I think they have to, to, to work with the changes. Number one, um, SmackDown is no longer on Tuesday, but it's on Friday. So in theory, uh-huh. SmackDown is going to kick off your WrestleMania weekend, um, which you know that's going to be big. Saturday was, of course, the place for NXT TakeOver, but now they're looking to move TakeOvers away from uh, big WrestleMania weekend-like types of things. So Survivor Series is going to be the last TakeOver we see connected to it, and it makes yeah. sense since NXT will now be a part of Survivor Series. So do you really need a takeover on WrestleMania weekend if NXT is going to be featured at WrestleMania? I don't think you do. So personally, I think they have space to do WrestleMania over two days. They could do it on the Saturday and Sunday. Um, My only thing is I want them to allow WrestleMania, allow NXT to do NXT at WrestleMania NXT style. I agree. agree. Um, we, We aren't even there yet. But I will tell you some production issues later I had with the Undisputed Era being on, on what, what used to be considered the main roster. On Monday on, on Monday Night Raw or on SmackDown specifically? Yeah, yeah. on uh, Raw. Because Raw there was felt, some production issues. Raw felt different than SmackDown. Much different. It felt very, very different. Much different. It felt different. We're going to get into that in just a few minutes. But uh, absolutely, I think that there is room for the WWE to learn from New Japan. If they're smart, they will. Because I'll tell you what, having been to WrestleMania weekend, it is grueling, not just for the wrestlers, but for the fans as well. Whether you're talking about going to Access, going to the WWE events, or going to the other events that are attached to WrestleMania weekend, you will absolutely be worn out when it comes time for WrestleMania. So I'd much rather do two days. Uh, Think about it. You can sell double the tickets. You can do... A lot of things uh, potentially with that. And you give the wrestlers an opportunity to actually be fresh and be at their best. So I, I totally, totally, totally agree. Yeah. 
totally agree. And GB, to, to go backward, to go forward, speaking of the two nights, I'm not sure if I made enough of a stink about it. We got the idea from New Japan. New Japan, they have their two nights. And I mentioned it in passing, but it, it is a major deal to watch the final match of Jushin Thunder Liger, a guy who has who has really held it down. Do you think he'll, he could go into the Hall of Fame for WWE? He needs to go into the Hall of Fame for WWE. I mean, I totally agree. You know, let's face it. First of all, WWE has put people in their Hall of Fames that have never donned the shores of the WWE. Case in point, Vern Gagne uh, is a great example. There are several others, Abdullah the Butcher, um, et cetera, et cetera. I think that uh, if they're going to be a true wrestling Hall of Fame, Jushin Thunder Liger has to go in. Before we knew anything about luchadors, he brought to us this whole high-flying, lightweight, junior weight, cruiserweight type of situation. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. the amazing thing is 30-plus years in the business, and he can still go. He can still go. He can still go. So he can still he go. Has to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, really this year. That doesn't need to wait. And if they're smart, they'll do it. What what a what a what 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 a call for. And if you look at his his history, he is littered all through Wrestling Observer and Pro Wrestling Illustrated, which is where I first heard about him as sure. a kid. And so excited to see Jushin Thunder Liger uh, being what I consider retired. Well, yeah. Yeah, so that should be absolutely fantastic. Kudos to them, and they've they've had him on a whole year tour, which I think has been amazing with his final match. Yeah, man, that's really good. And his final uh, pro wrestling appearance here in the States happens this weekend in San Jose and in Los Angeles as part of NJPW of America Showdown, which is going to take place in uh, San Jose this Saturday and then on uh, Monday in L.A. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, very quickly, some Randy Orton news to share. If you remember, about a week or two ago, it seemed like he was trolling us, uh, potentially hinting an interest at going to uh, All Elite. Well, that uh, is not happening. He trolled us last night trolling. on the official premiere of WWE Backstage. It was announced that he has reached a multi-year extension uh, with WWE. So Orton's not going anywhere. I don't know if that means the revival will you know, be going anywhere or not because they certainly have, from what I've heard, turned down every single offer that has been made to them. Um, but uh, Randy Orton still in WWE and will be there for a long time time to come all right yeah he'll retire that he would have done so great in aew though yeah but you know this he is a he's a company guy i mean his company boy and think about this orton's never wrestled anywhere else never never so he's never done the indie circuit he's never done the indie circuit i don't i don't know that he think i don't well first of all i don't know how welcome he'd be at aew particularly after the way in which he trashed the young bucks trash the indie movement um you know i think aew would be smart to pick him up if they had the opportunity but i don't know if it yeah. would be a wise move it would make me think of bret hart to wcw yeah but man the, the fight the, the match that he and kenny would have would be great oh my lord it would it would yeah, be the, the match him and kenny would have it be would great. be absolutely phenomenal all right well we hinted at monday night raw let's get that good recap because off the heels of an incredible smackdown and i mean smackdown Many are calling it the best ever. How do you follow up with Monday Night Raw? Would NXT take their talents to the red brand to show them what they could actually do? Would Brock Lesnar show up as he promised uh, to be able to, because uh, he quit SmackDown, of course. So would he show up 
as a WWE champion and apply his trade there. Lots of things to see. Lots of things to do. We're going to find out what happened on Monday Night Raw. Courtney, take it away. Monday Night Raw was live from the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. And I feel like we were just in Uniondale not long ago as a mainstay, if you will. Mm -hmm. Rey Mysterio attacked WWE champion Brock Lesnar. Best part of that side note was Jim Law was Jerry Lawler yell, hit Heyman. That was great. <laughs> Charlotte Flair and Natalia defeated WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, the Kabuki Warriors. That's two wins for Charlotte and Natalia. Buddy Murphy defeated Cedric Alexander. Triple H and NXT roster confronted Seth Rollins in all black. Andrade and Zelina Vega defeated Sin Cotter and uh, Carolina. Rusev defeated Drew McIntyre via disqualification. NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler confronted Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch during a sit-down interview. The OC defeated Humberto Correo and the Street Profits. Raw Tag Team Champions the Viking Raiders defeated the East Hampton Polo Boys, or should I call them the MJFs. Mm -hmm. And Seth Rollins defeated NXT Champion Adam Cole, baby, via DQ. GB, what did you think of Monday Night Raw? Okay, so I'm going to talk about the very clear elephant in the room, the thing that nobody online has been talking about, but they should have, and it was incredibly obvious. Why did no one make any mention of the recovery of Dio Madden? I know, huh? I know. You know, nobody thought about that. But let me just tell you, here this guy is, which most people don't realize, he's a, uh, he was a former NXT uh, up-and-coming superstar who never quite made it to TV, named Brennan Williams. And uh, here he comes and shows up in the, uh, 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 the, the, the commentator's booth. The truth of it is, I don't think a lot of people were fans of his, but he decided to do the honorable thing and step up for Jerry Lawler. He gets an F5 for his troubles, and we don't get any update on his condition. We don't get any more mention of him. J uh, uh, Jerry Lawler and, and Vic Joseph just go on like business as usual, which says to me, okay, if this is your way of getting Dio out of the commentator's booth, okay, but at least show some concern for him. Whenever anything yeah. happens to the commentators anywhere else, there's always concern showed for them. None for D.O. Madden, and that's not fair. Because the truth of it is, if he didn't step up, that would have been Jerry Lawler going through that table. And we would have had oh, a much you know, different situation. I mean, you know Lawler would have done it, too. Oh, with pleasure. <laughs> he might have had a heart attack when he was done, but he would have absolutely done Listen, you know? he'd be willing to do it. So I don't know what that means for the future of D.O. Madden, but I just think he got the raw deal. Granted, no, he's not the ah, best. Ah, I see what you did there. Ah, thank you. He, he, granted, he's not the best commentator, but this is still new. It's only been now four weeks. He needs time to find his voice. Listen, I've been doing radio yeah. for a while, and I go back and listen to some of my first broadcasts, and I go, oh, my God, I can't believe y'all came back the next day. Give the guy an opportunity to find his voice. With that said, NXT remains the most exciting thing to happen to Raw or SmackDown. I personally am loving the fact that so many people know about NXT. So many people in these arenas are chanting NXT. And you're not piping it in. You're seeing them chant it. You're seeing they know who these guys are. They know who the Undisputed Era is. They know who Shayna Baszler is. They know who these people are. So to me, NXT wins on a lot of levels. Like you can better believe people are tuning in tonight, not just to see NXT, 
but to see if Raw or SmackDown will have the cojones to show up and do something. I don't know if they yep. will, but I'll tell you what, this is this couldn't have happened at a better time to fight AEW. Yeah, seriously, man. Seriously. Now, I got to get into what some of my tension was with production, Okay. which is this. The Undisputed Era just simply look more menacing with darker lighting behind them. Okay. When you see them on that raw edge of the stage and they're there in those what I call goofy shirts, they look goofy on Raw. I don't know why. They just didn't have that thing to them. That when they show up on NXT, when they show up, it, it is, it's almost like the horsemen of the 80s have shown up. They're dripping with gold. I didn't sense that dripping with gold nature to them on uh, on, on Monday night. And so I, I'm, I'm wondering if they need to do something production-wise differently, similar to what they've done for The Fiend, which is, you know, have him wrestling yeah. red, which I think you call that. Yes. You call that he needed to wrestle with different lighting. Yes. And some of the older fans hate it. Some of the newer ones love it. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But I think that they need to do the same thing when NXT comes to the building, darken it out a little bit, and uh, let it feel more like their native land. Well, here's here's and this is part of the challenge. Uh, Monday nights and Friday nights are designed to be grandiose. They're designed to be yeah. big. And uh, with NXT being shot in a smaller building, uh, in a more intimate setting, you know, five foot six looks more like six foot tall. Um, yeah. Uh, in comparison to you know when they walk out on that stage, there's a massive screen for Monday Night Raw. The stage really is, is huge. So you know, huge. Think about this. One of the things that I found amazing when I was watching Crown Jewel, which I have to say, for all of the people problems people have with it, you cannot deny that WWE is a globally known brand. The fact that these guys were chanting everything, you know, was amazing to me. But to watch the massive stage and how much of a spec these guys felt like on that massive stage just shows the power of production. And um, I definitely think now here's the challenge. On one hand, they should do something. On the other hand, they're invading. So, you know, if I'm coming to your house, you're not going to change what your house looks like to accommodate me. So no, but it does add to the menacing nature, though, when it is available. Well, I think I think the menacing nature of them is that they are an attack group, you know, that they they run in packs. And uh, I'll tell you what, though, they don't. This is the thing. They don't really have they being raw or smackdown don't have many people to counter a Keith Lee. A Dominic Dijakovic. Uh, they don't have many people to counter, um, you know, like a, a Matt Riddle. You know, like you don't have that. So uh, it's interesting. I will. I want to bring up a point though that came up in Suplex City earlier today that I thought would be me- interesting to mention. It's crazy that this invasion is happening and one of NXT's biggest stars is missing. That would be the Velveteen Dream. Man, can he, you uh, imagine what this would have been like with the Velveteen man, team involved? So sad to see him injured, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because he is primed for invasion. I mean, you oh. can put, you can give him the mic and let him do his thing. Can you imagine so, Velveteen Dream and the Miz? Oh Ooh. man, have mercy. Oh man, listen, and and that that is those type of things that we're missing out. Yeah. They should bring them in, even if just to just to be on the microphone. Yeah. Yeah, he. You he know, should. because when's the last time we've seen Miz wrestle? 
Uh, well, he wrestled this past Friday and got beat by I Tommaso mean, but, Ciampa. I mean, but like, like really, like consistently, like Miz has slowed down his consistent it's wrestling been a while, tremendously, and that's probably because of the new baby. Which you know, yeah. that's fair. Trust me, I understand. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally. All of get a sudden, it. you have a soft spot a for the Miz. Very soft spot. So listen, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, some things for tonight. What should we expect from NXT? Uh, as NXT is gearing up for Survivor Series, AEW is gearing up for their next pay-per-view, Full Gear. We'll talk about that and give our predictions. And we'll talk about this AEW women's division. Everybody's been talking about it. We're going to have our say in just a few minutes. But right now, speaking of that Undisputed Era, here's their theme song as they ran roughshod over Raw and SmackDown. It's Undisputed from CFO. You've got it locked to the faction, powered by Bonnerfied Radio. I got a lot left in the tank! What's up, guys? This is Mark here in the World's Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to the faction. Shock the system.
recap of the remix is sponsored by Domingo Mejor. Born Stanley Martin Lieber in New York City in 1922, Lee entered the comic book world as a teenage assistant in 1939. Stanley Lieber was the Joe Jackson of comic books. Mm, I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah, just, I, I almost think he was greater than a Joe Jackson. I don't know. Ain't nobody greater than Joe Jackson now. Wait a minute. That's when you messed up. No, 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 no. Why you did that? Why you did that? I don't know why you did that, GB. Why you did that? Oh, Lord. Dan Lee had a whole universe down in, in his head, in his, in his mind. <laughs> James. The remix on Bonnerfied Radio. We here Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here on Bonnerfied Radio. Radio the way it's supposed to be. Exclusively on the remix. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction. That song was basically about me still being the champion of the faction. It's undisputed by CFO. If you didn't hear it earlier, Clag did tell me privately he did forego and turn over the new faction championship. So here's a salute to you, Clack. Now, listen, don't y'all sit up and believe all that. Clack is still your no, champion. He defeated but, Courtney. Uh, he told Crown me, GB. Yeah. No, we, he told me. Yeah. We, he I, told me. He's, he said, I think. Listen, guys, he prayed and got the answers. He was juicing on prayer roids. And mm-hmm. he said it's unfair. He felt really bad about it. He told me the title of mine. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. So with that said, we're going to move to AEW as they have a very big week and weekend A-E-W. ahead. A-E-W. Uh, they're gear- gearing up for their uh, next pay-per-view titled Full Gear. But before we get there, we have to talk about, uh, actually, you know, the wrestling world has been talking about AEW's women's division. And perhaps yeah. not for the best reasons. Um, you know, of course, their champion, Riho, uh, <laughs> who many have made comparisons to whether it be Kyrie Sane or Io Shirai. Um, either way, Rio is the champion. Uh, she does have a title defense coming up at full gear. But uh, for all that AEW uh, was slated to do in terms of changing the wrestling business, according to them, um, does it feel like their women's division hasn't quite met uh, the expectation? Or is that perhaps my imagination? What do you think, Courtney? No, it, it hasn't. And what they've tried to do is this. They've really tried to give the women's matches prime time segments and unpredictable segments. Uh, but the, the, the just the wrestling has not... Uh, has not lived up to it so their answer to it is for full gear to try to add two women's matches to the card yeah. in the form of Britt Baker, Britt Baker wrestling one and real wrestling in another yeah. uh, it has not what has lived up is their tag team division mm-hmm. which I think has added uh, you know have given some some unity and some some value to the uh, tag team era of wrestling but you're you're incredibly right but here's the thing I don't know why this is I'm allowing AEW to play the long game. 
So I'm willing to allow them to continue to unfold their story, though I probably will get weary, let's say, February. Well, so so here's the thing, right? Like, it, I totally am with you in terms of grace to build. I was just talking about that with Dio Madden in the, in the previous segment, where I have... In, in my Courtney Beard voice, in where, where my tension lies is this: uh, the women that they have recruited are not novices, right? So this isn't um, this is not like they're getting brand new women out of the performance center. They are getting women who have history in this business, and you need to look no further than last night's episode of AEW Dark. By the way, when I watch AEW Dark, I usually catch it after it premieres. But last night, I got to catch it during its premiere. And there's one very interesting thing that they're doing that I didn't know. It could be good or bad. But they actually have a live chat session going on on YouTube while this ma- while these matches are being aired. Which is pretty neat and pretty challenging at the same time if you know how some of these wrestling fans operate. So right. with that said... Uh, the match I was watching was a tag team match um, between, uh, let's see, Mercedes Martinez and Big Swole. Uh, they took on Allie and I forgot the other young lady's uh, name and I apologize for that. But here's where this became very challenging for me. Sadie Gibbs, that's her name, Sadie Gibbs. Where it became challenging for me is this. I was familiar with Allie from Impact. Right. The other three women I was familiar with from the May Young Classic. Okay. Mercedes Martinez made it to the semifinals in year one. She was in the quarterfinals in year two. She's an 18 year veteran in pro wrestling. Big Swole was in this past year's May Young Classic. Big Swole is the wife of Cedric Alexander. Two great wrestlers. Sadie Gibbs was a part of the Mae Young Classic. So this is where I'm confused. Three of the four wrestlers in this match were in the Mae Young Classic. When I saw them in the Mae Young Classic, I became fans of all of them because they were great. And you started following them. And I started following them. So when I saw them in AEW last night, I was like, this has to be dope. Bro. When I tell yeah. you it was it was bad and long. It like it, I mean and I don't mean like a 3 minute match. No, this match was probably about 15 20 minutes. No joke. Yeah. It was a long match that just made no sense. They kept trying things and things weren't working. There wasn't the smooth fluidity that we're accustomed to. And again, they don't operate like the men and these are not novices. I, yeah. I could not believe that they so looked do you think better. The tension, Go ahead. Do you think the tension is in the booking, the producing of behind the scenes, or is it, or is it really the women? I don't or know. Did Trip put them in, in a great position? Well, and that could be the other thing. Because what's amazing to me is if you go back and watch two years of the May Young Classic, you can't find a bad match. And I don't understand how three of the four women could be in there and look so much different here at AEW, you know, but I'll say this, I'll say this, you are always a reflection of your leader. And so the reason the tag team division looks amazing is because the young bucks are the leaders. The yep, reason the reason why the women's division looks difficult is because the one who headed up is Brandy Rhodes. She can't wrestle. 
No offense, Brandy, but I mean, so for me, it's scary that people who were so well under the WWE umbrella can look so poorly under the AEW umbrella, considering the AEW umbrella is supposed to be where you're free. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. And may, maybe that there is the answer. Maybe they yeah. don't need to be able to produce their own matches. Maybe they do need somebody to kind of maybe lead so. and guide them because this was bad. And I have to tell you, it's it was. been a long time since I've seen a women's match in AEW. That I, matter of fact, let me say this. The most exciting part of the match were the commentators. Yep. That's never yep. good. Com- yeah, commentators are supposed to be icing to the cake. They shouldn't be the cake. You yep. know, I should be able to turn the match, turn the volume off and still enjoy what I'm watching. But it was bad. And if you guys don't believe me, go check out AEW Dark, the most recent episode. Look for this tag team match and uh, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So with that in play, and I mean, you can't you can't compare what AEW is presenting with their women versus what NXT is presenting. Like it's it's not even night and day. It's just two different it's, books. It's 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 terrible. It it really is. It really is. So that sets us up. Of course, tonight is the go home show for AEW for Full Gear, which will be their final pay per view of the year. And uh, we want to run through the card. And um, you know, Clack is not here to defend the championship, so there won't be any titles on the line for this. Although I really wanted him here to defend the championship on AEW. But uh, no worries, there'll be other AEW opportunities. But I want to run through the card and see what we think of this card. Now, the buy-in, which will be the opener for this, will feature Dr. Britt Baker against B. Priestley. B. Priestley is the fiancé of Will Ospreay. These two have had battles for quite some time, and they're going to continue that. So that should be interesting. You've got Pot Pack, uh, formerly known as uh, mm. Neville, uh, taking on Hangman Page. Um, that match was originally supposed to happen at uh, Double or Nothing, but that will happen at Full Gear. Uh, the Young Bucks take on Santana and Ortiz. Uh, you also have um, a women's championship match. Riho will defend against Emi Sakura. That should be a very interesting match. Um, we have the Lights Out match. Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. And the AEW championship match. Chris Jericho, who, by the way, this week spent some time at the Trump Towers with Donald Trump Jr. Uh, taking on Cody. And I hear Donald Trump Jr. is actually going to be a guest on this podcast. That should be very interesting. Um, Chris Jericho defends against Cody. Man, what are your thoughts on this uh, full gear card from AEW? It's actually going to be really good. Yeah. It's, it, it's, going to be, it's going to be really good. The Royal Farms Arena is a great arena. People are very familiar with it. You know, I actually believe in the entire card, including the, the buy-in and the pre-show. I love that they called the buy-in uh, with Britt Baker and uh, Bea Priestley. It's going to be a great match. Hangman, Page, and Pac can fight forever. Yes. It's going to be great. Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz. The only thing that could ever make this match any better is the addition of the Usos. Because these are really the top two tag teams that have been holding it down for years. Well, yeah, for years. And then you mentioned the Lucha Brothers as well and a few others. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, should be special. Um, Kenny Omega and versus John Moxley in the unsanctioned likes out match. They're really milking this for all that it's worth. You figure this thing started in another country mm-hmm. and the tape brought its way here. 
uh, I'm, I believe that the AEW women's title matches, they, they, they hear the words of the people. They know the people think they're sucking, so they're going to push forward. And I think Chris Jericho versus Cody is going to be great. I'd love to see Cody walk away as the AEW world champion, though I think that he's too smart to do that. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I mean, I think, I think it's a 50-50 chance that he becomes champion. I personally don't want Cody to be champion. I think that the elite has done a very good job of staying away from championships. Young Bucks being eliminated in the first round of the tag team tournament, I thought was a huge step. Kenny Omega not having touched a gold belt yet, big deal. Should Cody be the first from the elite to wear gold? I don't know. I do think this. I think that as a company, they get more mileage right now out of Chris Jericho being the AEW world champion than they do Cody being the world champion. Um, and But I think it's going to be a great match. I think they're going to have great psychology. I think we may get a surprise or two out of it. I think somehow Jericho retains, um, which I think makes him even more hated and heated. Uh, I think, to your point, one thing AEW has proven to do well is pay-per-view. They've done pay-per-view yeah. very well. Um, and so I think this is going to be a great, great showing for them. Um, I'll tell you what, they're going to have to bring it tonight because NXT is re- NXT is so ready that Mauro Ronaldo, I think it was either last night or today, actually put out a tweet where he's saying, trust me when I tell you, the last thing you want to do is miss tonight's show. So Mauro doesn't usually tell us stuff like that. So I know for a fact I will be watching <laughs> NXT tonight. <laughs> You know, we're watching the, the the real thing that we're watching right now is the the uh the beauty of a Mauro Ronaldo opposite a uh, Jr. who's getting his win back. Yes, he is. I mean, Jr. is sharp, man. Yeah. And Tony Schiavone. Yeah. You know what? It's what a renaissance in the commentators' booth. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's it's good. You know, as much as I love hearing Jr. Man, I love hearing Tony Schiavone's take on things. Yeah, yeah. Something I really about, do. Something about the tone and tenor of Tony Schiavone's voice. Is, yeah, it, it, yeah. I, you know, I, I remember hearing him call MLW, and I was like, MLW is official now because Tony Schiavone's yeah. calling it. So, yeah, it's – it's, and I'll tell you, you know, the, the thing they had last week with Tony Schiavone riding in the limo uh, with, with uh, Cody – it felt old school WCW. It, oh, it did. And, and, and listen, we, this isn't on our thing to talk about. But while we're here, NWA Power. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> and you, you know, it's it just is. a great time to be a wrestling it fan. Is. It really is. You know, the, the NFL can never go back to what it was. The NBA can never go back to what it was. But my God, wrestling has yeah, found and, a way and to, to somehow reset, do like. it with modern stars. Like, you know, it's it's so easy. You know, with we see modern it in music stars. all the time where people want to bring back that 90s vibe. Um, but they can't quite do it, you know, as they mix a little trap or a little something else in there. You know, so to see uh-huh. what definitely looks like the 70s and 80s living in the 2010s, almost as we move to 2020, it's, um, I mean, and the cool part is oh, they're yeah. not using old stars. They're they're doing it with new guys. No, like they're Ricky doing it with Starks, new guys. Who I think is pretty amazing, um, who we're going to be having on the show in the future. Uh, I just love the idea 
that the NWA has mastered having, you know, uh, some really good guys like a Nick Aldis, a James Storm, you know, and then you get these new talents in and they were representing the women well also. Like, and that was something we didn't see back in the day, uh, women on the NWA program in a wrestling ring. So it's a special time. It's a special time. Yeah. Like you said, shout out Ricky Starks, who's really doing his thing, man. He's, He's good. had some really good matches, and yeah. he looks so good on camera. Yeah. And I hate to say it, he's built for that blue mat. Yeah, he is. He is. And he does kind of remind me, I hate to make this comparison, of a young rock. Man, listen, I remember watching Rock in uh, Mid-South Wrestling in Memphis getting mm-hmm. his feet under him. Yeah. And Starks kind of has that flair. Yeah, it's going to be special stuff. So before we go, I do want to mention this because you mentioned this in a show previously. And I think it's probably a good time to talk about it because I actually felt the challenge of it this week. So, of course, the month of October started a whole new era in the world of pro wrestling where wrestling uh, or some sort of uh, wrestling program is now available fresh new content literally every day of the week whether you're talking about monday night raw or on tuesday now you have nwa power and aew dark and you have wwe backstage wednesday you have aew dynamite nxt uh thursday i don't remember if there's anything uh, i'm sorry on tuesdays i also forgot impact wrestling now on hey, access right. tv um, don't leave them out thursday I'm, i i feel like there's something thursday i don't remember off the top of my head what it is but certainly friday you've got smackdown and then saturday if you have access tv you've got uh new japan and you have the women of wrestling something virtually every day of the week here's the question how is it impacted how you watch wrestling, and what is it that you actually watch now? I find myself watching more DVR and more highlights. Okay. I find myself having to live through the momentum of social media. Wow. Uh, and then I feel like I'm missing little small, like I love the deep, the small details. Yes. But all in all, if I had to do a quick comparison, Raw is three hours, SmackDown is two hours, mm-hmm. AEW is two hours, mm-hmm. Uh, NXT is two hours. That's two, four, six. That's nine hours of wrestling. We're not talking about power, which is one hour. Power is one hour. And I remember Thursday. Thursday is NXT UK. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ten. Uh, For that, Thursday is NXT UK was one hour. One hour. That's uh, that's 11. Then I still record all the NWJP stuff. And and you you forgot AEW Dark. AEW Dark, so that's 13 hours. Yes. Then we're also talking about, I still record uh, Glow. Oh, wow, yeah. Wow. Yeah, which is 14 hours. Mm -hmm. So already I'm at 14 hours, and I'm not even added Impact yet. Correct, which is two hours. So Impact, that takes me to... So that's 16 hours of professional wrestling that I'm trying to keep up with while still trying to keep up with all the social media, yes. the, the different wrestling sites that keep me up to date on on Evolve and all those things, mm-hmm. uh, and staying current on the WWE Network. So, GB, I'm looking at 16 hours. That's two work days. I, 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 I want to know from a genius out there who's doing it, how they're doing it. Yeah, you know, I, I will say this. It is literally a full-time job trying to keep up with all that's happening in the world of pro wrestling. And the podcast that dropped. Oh, keeping Lord. up with Cornets, keeping yeah. up with Jericho's, keeping up with uh, our friend Mark Henry over here at Busted Open. Mm-hmm. And Busted Open is there six days a week. 
uh, with a three-hour show. So, you know, yep. if you guys think what, what we're giving you in terms of content is a lot, Busted Open is just literally busting it open. They're doing some amazing yep. things over there. Shout out. Uh, so easily 20, 20 hours in a week. Easily. Easily. So it, it is it is a lot. So I think that's one of the reasons why we hopefully become a resource to you guys to uh, perhaps help you to know what you should look out for if you miss anything. The good thing is that most of these things are available on demand. Um, I find myself uh, watching. I try to catch Raw live. Uh, I try to catch NXT live and usually AEW on the replay. Um, and then... Smackdown is hit or miss because I don't know what I'm doing on a Friday night like this Friday night I, this past Friday night I was uh, at Southern Honor Wrestling shout out to them another great yep. great card that they had for us uh, I almost got hit a couple of times it was pretty neat um, they probably tried to hit you on purpose G <laughs> well you know what Huckabee stayed away from me I was hoping I'd get close enough to Huckabee he, but, uh, he knew what was good for him yeah man so did you crazy. Did, did you see did you see uh, the lamb I did I did. I did get to talk to the Lamb, and uh, uh, he was really, really cordial and kind to us. So shout out to Gary Lamb. But I'll tell you, you know, so let me just offer a suggestion to some folks. Um, you may want to download the Fox Sports app, which will allow you to catch uh, SmackDown and WWE backstage on demand. Um, you may want to download uh, TNT's app if you're on the go, USA's app on the go, where you can watch both NXT and AEW uh, on demand or not directly in front of your TV. I don't know how you consume things, um, but those apps certainly will be helpful. If you are a member of New Japan, uh, definitely they don't have a mobile app. Uh, they do have an app for uh, Amazon TV. I need them to get an app for Apple TV. That's another story. I would have thought they would have done that already, but be that as it may. Uh, right. Lots of ways to stay connected and certainly that's why we do what we do to help you kind of cut through the noise and get connected we didn't even count if anybody pays attention to Total Divas or any of that type of content as well. That's out there. Oh, too. yeah. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. We've got some more things coming for you in terms of uh, faction quick hits and the like. But here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media. Courtney. Instagram. I am Courtney Beard on Instagram. Courtney Beard on Facebook. Let's talk. And, of course, you could reach me at Bonnerfied on all aforementioned platforms. And you can reach out to us at The Faction Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Make sure you're following us. And make sure you subscribe to our podcast as well. All sorts of amazing content happening there. Until next time, it's Courtney, it's Clack, it's GB, and we are The Faction.